everybody, Dr. J here and welcome to another episode of the playthrough. Today we're going to be talking about Forbidden Sky, a new game from Game Right Games, and the third in the Forbidden series with uh, Forbidden Island was first, Forbidden Desert was second, now we've got Forbidden Sky. And if you've played through some of the other ones, there's sort of a little story going on that you kind of go from one game to the next to the, to the next. So if you see here in Forbidden Sky, for instance, this little ship that you have here is actually the one that you build in Forbidden Desert. So there's fun little connection there. But today we're going to talk about how to play Forbidden Sky. Uh, so the first thing you need to know is that there's a lot of these interesting components to it that kind of make it feel a little bit like a fifth grade science project type deal, but it kind of adds a little unique, fun aspect to the game. And the way that you win the game is if you see all these little circuits here, you have to complete a circuit in order to launch the rocket. And when you complete that circuit, then it, the rocket gets powered and takes off with all the people. Yay! All right, so let's talk about how you complete the circuit and how you win the game of Forbidden Sky. So like the other Forbidden games, if you've played those, uh, this is a co-op game, and you're all working together to try to accomplish a goal. So the first thing you need to do when you set up the game is you need to give each player one of these unique player power cards. And on the other side, it has a player aid to help you out. But each one has a unique power. So for instance, we've got the medic in this game. We've got the electrician, the surveyor, and then we've got the climber. And there's two other uh, spe uh, special abilities that you can choose from. But these are the four that we've picked for this. And then after you pick the card, you take these little sliders and you set your hearts to maximum. And then on the other side, you have ropes, and you need to set those all the way to the top as well. And so the first thing that you're going to do after you get that is everyone's going to get a tile, and then on, you're just going to take turns, taking actions. So the way that the turn works is on each turn, each player is going to get four actions. And there's four different actions that you can take. Uh, so the four actions that you can take is you can move. You can just move from one square to another that's adjacent to it. You can't move diagonally, but that's one action. You can place a wire down if you're able to. You can draw a tile, or you can place a tile. So let's talk about moving first. It's really simple. You just move one space orthogonally. That means not diagonally from one tile to another uh, for one action. If you notice, there's these little platforms on here. You have to move to a place that's touching another platform. So if you see here, these two tiles, there's actually no, nothing connecting them but this cloud space, and so you couldn't actually move across that tile from this one. So that's how moving works. Next, drawing tiles. It's simple. You just draw a tile and take it into your hand. You're limited to three tiles in your hand at any one time, so if you have three tiles already, you can't take that action. Placing tiles, you can only place tiles that are orthogonally adjacent to an area that you're at. So if I'm the black player here and I have this tile, I am able to play it on this tile, but I would not be able to, or possibly up here on this tile, but I would not be able to play it on any other spaces but those two. I can't play it down here and I can't play it up here because I'm not adjacent to it. A special rule that you need to follow when you're placing tiles is that at least one of these copper wires has to connect from the tile that you're at to the tile. They don't all have to connect, just one of them does. 
And then finally you can place a wire. And the rules for that are you have to be able to connect them between the capacitors or the lightning rods. And they have to be able to reach. So in this situation, I could reach with this long one, but if we're all out of long wires and I only have this short one, you'll see it can't, it, I can try to make it connect, but it really doesn't reach. So I'm not able to put that there. So those are the rules as far as the wires or wires go. Another important thing that you have to do is after each player takes a turn, they have to flip over one of these uh, weather cards, which changes the state of the board and can really make things difficult. This is where the hard part of the game comes in because these cards can really mess you up can hurt your teammates and really rit you risk dying, basically. So we'll go over some of the cards that are in the decks. First is the winds change card. Uh, this changes the direction that the winds are facing. So if you see here, it's got the little green arrows going in a clockwise direction. You change it here. So now the winds will blow to my left whenever a card comes up that causes the wind to blow. And we'll actually go to that card next. High winds is the next card. So anytime high winds come out, each player, each player's pawn is going to be pushed one direction, what one square, whatever direction the winds are facing. So here, this orange player would go here, this white player would go here, the green player would go here, and the black player would move here. If this were how it was set up when the winds blew, you'd notice that the green player here actually can't go to this tile because there's no connecting platform. So if, he, if you get pushed, you don't actually move to the next tile because you can't, but you would lose one of your ropes. And remember, if your ropes hit zero, you lose the game. If any one player's ropes hit zero, you lose the game. So you have to be careful where you put your pawn when, the high, when the, there's a potential for the high winds to blow you off of a platform. Next up is the lightning strikes card. This card's very, very hazardous, and you have to be really careful. Anytime a lightning strikes card comes out, it's going to, each player who is in a space that is connected to a lightning rod, it's going to take damage. So we see here, you've got this, these lightning rods scattered throughout the board. They come out when you place certain tiles that tell you to place them. But if you see here, this green player is connected to this lightning rod by this wire. So he's going to be taking, he's going to be losing one heart. This orange player is also connected by this wire. And this white player is also connected, even though there's not a plastic wire connecting it. There is, there are two wires actually on the board that connect to this space. So this player would also end up getting hurt. The black player, however, would be immune from the damage and would not take it in this situation. You have to watch out for the lightning strikes. If a lot of lightning strikes come out in quick succession, you could be in a lot of trouble. And then finally, there's the Storm Intensifies card. And what this does is if you see this tracker here, it bumps up the storm intensity one level. If somehow this ever reaches the top space up here, you lose, just like if somebody had lost all their hearts or if somebody had lost all their ropes. Um, it would take a long time for that to happen, but just know that if that does happen, there's a, you, you end up losing the game. Those are the, only, those are the four cards that come out in the Storm deck. Also, you'll notice at the bottom of this Storm Intensifies card, 
when this comes out, you actually reshuffle all the cards into the deck. So it could come out in the middle and could cause you a lot of problems as you go. Also, an important thing to note is that each time you play the game, you're going to pick a difficulty level. And what the difficulty level does is it tells you how many capacitors and lightning rods you have to make the connection through in order to complete the circuit. So if you see here this board setup, it was set up for an elite game. So in order to win, you need the launch pad. You need two large capacitors, which are right here on the board. You need four small capacitors. We've got one here, 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 and here. And then you need four lightning rods. And we've got one over here behind the rocket. I don't know if you can see that. And then these three over here. So as soon as we finish this circuit, we would end up winning the game. Uh, one other important rule is that each player has to, their pawn has to be on one of the spaces connected to the launch pad. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before, but it's an important thing because if somebody is not in one of those four spaces when the rocket launches again, everybody loses. Also, a couple of interesting things to note on the board. There are these teleporter spaces. They're these kind of green, they have these green symbols and they're in a hexagon. Uh, you can use a movement action to move from a teleporter space to any other teleporter space. There are the gear symbols, which represent equipment. So anytime a player places a tile with that gear symbol, they get to draw an equipment. And these are various different things. There's jetpacks in here. There are platform clamps, strike shields, just any number of unique little equipment cards that can help you in tough situations. Uh, an important thing to note is when you get equipment cards, they can be used at any time. They don't require you to use an action on your turn in order to use them. So that gives your team a little bit of flexibility on how to go about completing your rocket and escaping the station. And then another interesting thing that shows up on the board are Faraday cages. So these are special places that protect you from lightning strikes. So where I said before, where this person would get electrocuted by a lightning strike on one of these lightning rods, they would, actually, they would actually be protected because there's a Faraday cage on that spot. And then lastly, you can see these little blue spots on the board. Uh, those are wind shelters. So whenever a high winds card comes out, if you are on a, the tile, a tile with a wind shelter, you won't be blown around and you won't have the possibility of losing your ropes, your rope strength as that happens. It's important to keep track of those spaces on the board because as the uh, storm continues to intensify, you'll see here you draw more cards at the end of each turn. So when the little tracker gets into the blue zone, you'll be drawing two cards, two weather cards every turn, then three in the purple, four in the other purple, and then finally five. Um, so the storm really does get a lot worse as you let the game continue on. Anyway, so that's how you play Forbidden Sky. All right, guys, welcome to the discussion section of the playthrough today. Um, I'm excited to actually go on this journey because actually one of the first board games I ever played, especially in the cooperative side, was Forbidden Island. So I've always had a soft spot for Forbidden Island. So I'm glad that now we are attempting to go into space. So somehow we've gone from to Tomb Raider raiding an island that's sinking into trying to get a rocket ship to go into space with forbidden skies. Um, it's just escalation, right? Yeah. It just yeah. keeps escalating. Yeah. Still, still designed by, um, Matt Leacock, 
um, of pandemic fame, and you can you can feel the pandemic. So no, in the fourth no, game, no, in the fourth no game, no in this one. Yeah, yeah. So in, in, the, in the in the fourth game, third. No, 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 the fourth game, the one after this, oh. the rocket is going to crash land on an alien planet on an island. You're going to be stuck on an island, <laughs> and you have to get off <laughs> the island by like building a boat or whatever. You got to do. Yeah, it's just going to be an endless loop. It'll be an after endless four loop. Games. And then when you get off the island, you'll find yourself in a desert. Are we going back to a ten then? Forbidden Island was the first yeah. game I got with a ten. Yeah. Also, the first game board game I ever bought at Walgreens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I've ever bought a game at Walgreens. No, it was a uh, board game geek. The little forum. It hot deals, mm, man. Yeah, hot, hot deals. deals. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, like, hot deals. Yeah. For sure. I, I, it was on clearance was like, for like eight bucks or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I got to go check if they have it. They yeah. Did. So like, and that's so, so my, your, our first impressions, I, I, my first impression of this game is like, it feels like you guys know how much I love theme and story. And this definitely feels like an extension of the forbidden games world. Um, it also feels like when I played it the first time, like this is a game that if you told me to build a game in the forbidden world, I would do that because I'd, I'd, like there's a cool spaceship that makes noises. There's <laughs> magnets. There's tiling. There's the shiny copper wires going everywhere. So like, it hits all those points in my this, brain. <laughs> this game, every time I play it or think about it, reminds me of I think it's the Clone Wars in Star Wars where they're on Jango Jango Fett's planet and they're on the platform with the storm and the rain. Oh, yeah. Geonosis. Yeah, Geonosis. Yeah. Obi-Wan's like yeah. chasing down Jango yeah. Fett. Yeah. yeah, chasing down Jango Fett. Right. It totally feels like it because the wind is going to push you off the platform. If you're a fan of the Battlefront video games, that's one of the levels it yeah. is. Well. And it's, it is true. <laughs> like, that's what it calls to mind when I kind of look at yeah. it as well. Yeah. So, so like, I, I, I've always liked it. And I like how these characters, too, the character cards that they put in here, some of these are from the other games, like your climber. Um, your medic, um, I think your surveyors, even one from the other ones too, where like they, they keep those same characters because one of the things you mentioned in our how to play. So if you guys haven't watched the how to play yet, go check that out with the link above below is your starting platform is the ship from forbidden, from forbidden desert that you put together, which I, yeah. I kind of love it. So I'm hoping the next one will have the spaceship just like land on a landing pad somewhere on an island. Yeah. yeah. On a different planet <laughs> on an island. Like how, how, how crazy is that? Where like I I'm pretty sure Forbidden Island was meant to be just a single one-off standalone game, and now they're building this like universe. Around I mean, it. you say they're building a universe. It's like Easter eggs, you know. It's like when a Pixar movie yeah. puts a little thing from another Pixar movie in it. That's what it. Well, it feels like it. Gra- but yeah, I feel like the original players of Forbidden Island kind of graduate to a, a more difficult game, and that's what each each game feels like to me like all right now you know forbidden island is pretty simple by the time you get to this game if you play on a hard level it's it's pretty difficult you know so and that's thematic with all of uh, matthew leacock's games are like they can be accessible but if you want to rank it to that like insane level oh it will punish you the games will punish yeah (laughs) yeah that's very true i mean I, i remember playing pandemic legacy and there was a point where we're like, there's no way we're going to win the next month. It's impossible. <laughs> we're, we're not going to win the next month. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so if you guys can't tell by now, Russ and I, we really like this game. Jared, on the other hand, co-op games are probably not in your like top three types of genres. No, of they're not my favorite type of game. And this, 
this game to me just feels a little too simple. There's not that much going on. Like I've played some of the co-op games that I've played and I've enjoyed in the past are things like Arkham Horror. If you played Arkham Horror, there's a lot of storytelling to it. There's a lot of immersion. You feel kind of like you're, you know, working to stop this thing. This, it feels like it's much more basic. You know, you're, you got to put the little circles out and you connect the circles. And like I said, in the how to play video, it feels kind of like a fifth grade science experiment thing, you know, where you sit in class and you take the little tin foil and you complete a circuit or whatever with a little double a battery or nine I'd, volt I'd, battery. I'd, I'd or like something. to tell you, I did the led complete a circuit when I was in third grade. <laughs> I uh, think it's, <laughs> I think the difference with these games and I throw pandemic in there too, as a compared to uh, what you're talking about. I think these co-op games are more of a puzzle. Absolutely. It's, yeah, and you I don't mean, li- you mentioned that you don't like kind of those more puzzly games. I don't. Yeah. I don't like I mean this definitely games. feels like a puzzle. Every you you have a tendency to get the alpha gamers and I think I don't mind it because I think I turn into that person which is probably well, one of, for those one of I the one with, of the but. lines in the rule book basically encouraged alpha gaming a little bit. It was like, you know, if somebody else has a better idea about where you should put your tile <laughs> they should tell you yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they're just one person playing the whole game by themselves. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And, and so for people at home who aren't familiar with that term alpha gamer, it's usually, yeah. I think the other way people call them are table captains. It's usually that quarterbacks one, is another one. Yeah. Well, one of those, it's one of those players are like, okay, we all should do this, this and this and just go through that plan. Right? And lots yeah. of times, like in a game like this where everything is open. So like I might, I will have certain tiles and they'll just be sitting in front of me. So everyone will know. Alpha gamers, the really intense ones will be like, okay, so on your turn, you're going to do this. On your turn, you're going to do this. On your turn, you're going to do this. And then on my turn, I'm going to do this and we'll win. And it's like, well, the other players may not feel like they're playing the game as much. And that that can happen in any co-op game, but games like this where all all of the knowledge is public. Right. Well, I think games like this and the pandemics are, you, you can't really approach them like a game where everybody takes a move. I it is that puzzle. I really enjoy the games, mm-hmm. but it's that puzzle where we're working together even if it ends up being like an alpha game or where it's like it doesn't really matter whose turn it is, but we're working together to yeah. solve that yeah. puzzle. I enjoy that. Yeah, and it, you could really see it as like a like a team building exercise yeah. more than playing a board game. If if that helps right. you like mm-hmm. understand that's this type of game yeah yeah and like my 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 favorite times playing especially the Forbidden Island games are actually not with my regular game groups because you kind of know each other's tendencies and stuff by that point I love pulling this out when it's kind of a new group um, you know you you don't know their skill levels or stuff and if and no one's ever heard of it that like first play when everybody's kind of just discovering and how to do everything is one of like my favorite times to play these games because. Those, it, it minimizes you, you, anybody who's a table captain, right? Yeah. When you're playing yeah. like that. And when I yeah. play with For those sure. kind of groups, like with youth groups that I'll play with, I'll tend to, to sit back, even if they're making what I would consider a wrong decision, and be like, sure we want to do that? And then they're like, oh, I don't know. Do yeah. we? And, and you then, know, just just go with awesome. it, right? Yeah. And and I think yeah. that's where it's fun. One of For one of our playthroughs with this, one, one of my favorite moments of playing that game was actually when we were about to win it, um, and then I think your brother saw that it could be possible 
but not everybody else saw it quite yet. Yeah. And then like it kind of grew. Like he he saw it and then Russ was like, I think we can win it this term. But you and me were like, what? But then slowly we're like seeing the pieces like, oh yeah, we could totally win the game this turn. And that that right there is exactly like my what what pushes me away from games like this and what draws people like my brother in is he's very much a puzzle yeah. solver. He subscribes to puzzle magazines for goodness <laughs> sakes. Like I didn't even know those were a thing, but he gets like his monthly puzzle magazine. I don't I don't care about that kind of thing. I'm not yeah. sitting there like playing through them all. See, I play I board games because I games, I want to feel like I'm getting on a spaceship. And and this game is a very minimalist game. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Right. There's not a lot of components. It is a puzzle game. And so that doesn't draw me into it. But I know there's so many people out there who really like that style of game. And if you do, this is probably for you. Yeah. Does the, the ship lighting up at least make you feel happy? No. <laughs> the other thing <laughs> I like. I don't even like that at all. <laughs> One thing I love about these games that that Matt Leacock does is the asymmetric characters whether it's pandemics or the, the forbidden series like you they all have you their need own ability, to use yeah. the abilities yeah. oh yeah like if you go through thinking oh we'll just like they're kind of built especially as you get the higher levels you must use their those abilities if you want to win yeah you know so i i really enjoy that you kind of think oh well this this ability doesn't look that good once per turn you may you know, do the wire action for free. Uh, that's not going to come up, but it always you know, does. Yeah, you'll you get to that point and make like, sure oh, crap, you use it. I need that extra move. I'm like, wait a minute, I can do so, it. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about the last time we played this, and again, this this kind of shows a little <laughs> bit of my personality when we play these games. You like us to lose, don't I you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and that's exactly what I was going to say. We were all like on the pad, and we were waiting for one other person. We're like, on your turn, you move to the pad, and then we'll play this wire, and we'll win. And the turn before that, the wind came and blew everyone off of the thing and like dropped a bunch of people's ropes down. And we're like, and everyone's got like one rope left. And it's just like, depends on what the cards come out. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I hope we lose, man. I hope we lose. And maybe it's like, I don't like the alpha gaming that sometimes happens because yeah. I feel like it takes me out of the game. And I'm just like, no, I want these people's plans to get <laughs> messed up. I want them to lose. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But like I, when we play games like this, I kind of get excited when we're about to lose. Will, will it make yeah. you feel better if we start at five next time? I mean, I I, <laughs> you know, I don't disagree with that because I actually like the ratio of uh, like cooperative games. You win one out of four times. Um, so I, I get that too. But I love the, the difficult puzzles. And I feel like this – and there's a lot of anxiety with, with these Forbidden Island games. Like you could be in total this, control and be yeah. like – if we flip over the next card, yeah, it's going to cause a chain reaction. We're going to die. Yeah, this yeah. this weather deck is <laughs> for just sure. all, always like, be like, ah, like you'll, no, you'll, you'll, this, you'll be all safe, later, and then the wind like, blows. Oh you gosh. all blow into some some like wire zone, and then lightning <laughs> and then strikes, and everyone like, loses. Oh. And then lightning strikes again. Everyone loses two hearts. I I do like that about it. And one thing that I don't like is when you play a game like that, and you just cruise through it, yeah. and it feels like. You know, you didn't really struggle with it at all because then I felt like I wasted my time playing the game because the challenge and the fun wasn't right. there. Mm -hmm. And this game, I will admit, has that challenging feel to it. I mean, we played on normal difficulty last time and it was close. So I couldn't even imagine how hard Elite 
or legendary would really be with this game. Yeah. I, as much as I really enjoy the game, it does have, I don't know, the, I don't know if it's the components. Components are nice. Like they're good, but for some reason I feel like I'm playing with toys. That's what I like about it, though. That's <laughs> but, what, <laughs> this is a toy. I know, but like, I mean, is, that looks this... like something I would play with my kids, young kids, and not bust out with a group of gaming adults. Are you guys calling me immature? You have Reef. Oh, I know. I, I mean, that's, hey, listen. That's, 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 I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying, but it, like, I would, f- I fear that I'm going to lose this rocket ship and my kids play chest and not like you can, somewhere else. Like, you could still play the game without the rocket. No, you can't. It's not as cool. <laughs> it is not cool. You, you don't have the lights and Jared. sounds, Jared. It's not as cool. It does nothing. It adds nothing to the game other than the aesthetic of seeing the rocket. What's wrong with you? What, I, what other game gives you this, I mean, this sense of, oh. That's a short one. You need a long one. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard these same sound effects from like a bunch of toys back in the 80s or something. Like. So we need a deluxe version that has like actual platforms, like 3D platforms, <laughs> and then an actual rocket ship that like... Now, now when I was a kid, I liked to play like with... Like one of those... Way like to a, go, Kevin. <laughs> CO2 cartridge rocket <laughs> yeah, ship. Yeah. <laughs> That's not gonna take. See, time. I used to I used to be into model rockets, and I was like, no, we like we got a, <laughs> some shops around here that sell model rockets. Yeah. Stick like an A engine in there, and that thing's supposed <laughs> to go like ten thousand feet or something. Not ten thousand feet, but like seven hundred feet or something. That'd be like awesome. That, That'd right? really. You have to play it outdoors. Like you, yeah. you could you could make a giant version of this game with where you play outside, and then you have like big like that's gonna be at origins. And then when you put it, <laughs> and then when you f- complete the connection, it would actually Shoot. launch a rocket up into the sky with like parachute and everything. It kind of seems like it'd be cool to yeah. do for a like that would be fun. That but would be fun. Who in the world would ever buy that? Who in the who in the world would ever buy a giant version of? Oh no no no! You'd have to make it. <laughs> you'd absolutely have to make it yourself. We could make it. A lot of copper I mean, come wiring on. Involved. Yeah. What's wrong well, with that? We well, can do that. Well, you could. <laughs> we could do it with just other things, and then when we. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it like that. We'll do it like that. <laughs> we, do it, we could. You can just light a match or something instead. No, we're, if we're gonna do it giant size, I, I will totally wire. Well, you know I will. Have you, have you ever yeah. have you ever seen like the way model rockets actually work? Is they have two little metal is, prongs, and then you complete the circuit, and it yeah. ignites the rocket I don't and launches what you it. Mean, complete the circuit. This is just toys. This is an electrical <laughs> circuit. <man. laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool. This is the kind of nerd science toys that people like Kevin played with as a kid, and. <laughs> hey, this is one of the Whatever, this is one of the science games that's not too bad though. <laughs> oh it it is it is one of those games that if you're like a elementary school teacher or something, you could easily have be, it in your class yeah. to use as like a, a club to, to teach kids about stuff. And there's a handful of games that really fit that niche well. This evolution, what was that other one that you were thinking of that you, you talk about it all the time? I can't remember. But it's one of those sciencey themed games. I think our next game should be Cytosis then. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> As to teach <laughs> high school students or college Cytosis students. Cytosis isn't a boring. bad game, but 
Gosh, it feels heavy. <laughs> Especially when Kevin's the one teaching The us. problem is you were you uh, you had a professional scientist teach you how to do it. So. Yeah, don't. <laughs> that was oh, but no good. I did learn from that teaching. So when I taught all my cousins how to play, I didn't go that heavy into it. So maybe I'd I like your, bro- your brother would like cytosis. The more I think, oh, about it. absolutely, because he was excited about subatomic when he played. He's that. a subatomic nuclear physicist. Of course, he was excited about. <laughs> subatomic <laughs> the next one might be better because it'll it should be space themed right like the next forbidden what game. do you mean isn't this space theme no they're no. in the sky they're it's like they're not in space yet like yeah. it ends with the space theme no the next one's gonna be in space but you're on a platform in That's, space no no you're in space no, no, no. You're, in, you're still in the atmosphere yeah yeah you're, yeah you're just it's like a weather station yeah. you're on like a weather station in the clouds these aliens, uh, remember in the first Forbidden Island, these aliens had artifacts that could control the weather. Are these so, aliens? No, you're, those are you, but the 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 um, structures and stuff were built off aliens that had the power to control the weather, and that's why you were originally... Why are they making a movie based on these board games instead of Catan? Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Would you watch a movie based on the Forbidden series? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so the next one's going to be called Forbidden Stars. You make a Netflix series out of it. I don't know. I need to play that first. If the next <laughs> one is called Forbidden Stars, then we're not doing a video on it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to upset any listeners. I don't want to let people. I don't want to upset so, our viewers by telling what I think. Of that game. <laughs> so, so Jared, how how do you feel about the rule book with this? The rule book is actually very well done. Um, you think after two games they have that down, right? <laughs> I mean, dude, you never know. You really just never know. The rule book is pretty solid. We learned out of it, and it really took me 10 minutes to read it and explain and everything. 20 minutes to explain it to us? You know what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, 20 minutes to explain it because Russ was here, <laughs> and he's got the attention of, of a, a gerbil. Of a, yeah. Of a dog in a park full of, full of squirrels. Hey, Kevin and I got it. We've played these <laughs> yeah. forbidden Yeah, so games. if you've actually played a forbidden game before, picking up the rules of this is pretty easy because they're very similar to the other ones with yeah. a few minor tweaks, and you're ready to go, which I, I really like about it. Um, it's weird to play these smaller games, right? Because we're so used to playing those bigger games that are table hogs. And then we, we set this up. I like, love table hogs, man. And I look at this, and I'm like, small. Yeah. I could play this on a card table or a nightstand. And everything would fit. I, I do remember when I first got the first Forbidden Island, I'm like, am I going to be able to fit this on a table? And now it's like, wow, this thing is like tiny. I know. <laughs> I know you compare this to the Sidereal Confluence we played the other day. Man, that thing's a table. This would this be one like <laughs> A little section. Yeah. yeah. So, um, our, so we've kind of heard what Jared likes. Anything you don't like about this, Russ? Uh... For me, it's just the and the components are good, but the cheesiness of the components. But I don't know what I expect. Like, yeah, I mean, it's really, yeah. it's really it really fun. does feel like a puzzle because of the components in a part. Because yeah. you yeah. you just got these little pieces and you move them around on these hex tiles. There's not a lot going on with yeah. the theme. Yeah. The the yeah. thing that will throw a lot of people off, especially if this is kind of your intro game, is that. Component wise, like in terms of materials and stuff, they picked really good materials 
for all of these. Like all these cards, you know, they don't feel yeah. flimsy. They have that that satin finish. To the them. sliders aren't like they are in Betrayal or anything yeah. where they're gonna fall off your card. I haven't, and, and the cardboard's pretty thick too yeah. for these pieces where you yeah. know you don't feel like they're gonna fall apart. Yeah, it's good. You. So good quality. Do you like that it's in a cardboard box or would you prefer the tin? Oh, honestly, that's my biggest negative about this is that it's not in a tin that's the same size as yeah. the other one so you could stack them all so no i don't like the tin per se but i Since don't like that they now, went yeah. away from yeah. the tin like because the the previous ones are in tins that are exactly the same size of each other that you can stack on top of each other this one's a bigger box as you guys can see back here um and i was i was a little annoyed about that but i felt better when we opened it up and i saw there were magnets and i'm like okay i guess they used the metal for the capacitors instead of <laughs> Putting them on the outside. <laughs> I'll be okay with that. And it has this cool rocket ship, which I know you guys think is for a two-year-old, but I may mentally be a two-year-old, so it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's cool that, you know, when you complete I was, the circuit, it I was really up. <laughs> you said you didn't like it. But I, I was really I excited about it when <laughs> I remember you and I talked about when the teaser came out, Kevin, we were all excited because it said Forbidden Sky, and that's all it said. <laughs> And it was like, oh, so exciting. And it it lost kind of some of the fanfare when it came out. Some, you know, people didn't like it as much as they liked. But it, I think it's right on par with the other ones. If you like the other ones, you'll like this. You know, I wouldn't yeah. expect, don't expect something. Too different from Yeah, don't expect there. something completely yeah. different and you'll be okay. I mean, it's. I, I actually think that would be a. Um, a d distraction from yeah. it because like that's what I liked about the games is that each game is the gameplay is really similar but they're unique enough between each yeah. of them that I would want to play them yeah separately. and it is yeah. nice to have that out there where you know you if you played Forbidden Island and you decided I really like Forbidden Island or this is a game that my group really enjoys but we're just tired we, we of playing it, it. we've yeah. played it at played it to death it's good that there are other games that are similar but not exactly the same you know some people really like that and if again if you like puzzly games and if your group likes to complete puzzles as a team this is a great game for your yeah, group and i i feel like and the part of it is because i the forbidden series has always been on my list of kind of intro to absolutely to gamers, yes it's a great which, intro game. which i love now that they have all these different themes that i can you know, trick a non-gamer to play and no, find yeah. one that would fit their theme that they like. I'm like, oh, you like Mad Max Fury Road? Here, let's let's play Forbidden Desert. Um, you know, you, you're more of that Indiana Jones kind of feel, cave dweller. Let's go play Forbidden Island. If you are more kind of like the Sky Sky Captain, Day of Tomorrow, steampunk. Star Wars. Kind of, it's Star Wars. Wars. You're on the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see one. Django. This right is there. Slave One. This yeah. is the, this is Django Fed's ship. Yep. All right, so before we go, any any last words on the game? No, I've I've said pretty much everything I think about the game again. If 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 you, this is your speed, if this is what your game group likes, I highly recommend it. I don't personally enjoy it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game. All right. So you like puzzles. Yeah, puzzles are great. If you guys like blinking lights and shiny things, both of you guys should know that you could fool me with tinfoil and in, in the sun on a good day well there's uh, plenty of tinfoil and blinky <laughs> lights in this game <laughs> that that it makes my itch so like again if you're looking for a good beginner game and you know somebody who kind of likes more steampunky type theme things this may be something you want to try um and play so 
We also want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about this? Do you think they should have just stopped at Forbidden Island? Do you um, think they should keep going? Yeah, keep, keep going. going. Or what are your ideas on what could be next? You know, we we, we discussed that they may land on a planet because I really think that's what Forbidden Planet. Um, but they what, should just release another copy of Forbidden Island with the spaceship on like on, on an i on the <laughs> island somewhere as like an Easter egg, Forbidden and then you just space. play them in a circle. It's like those old Nintendo games where you. You play the game through, you beat the bad guy, you rescue the princess, you're escaping with the princess, she gets kidnapped, you do it all over again, and just ramp up the difficulty every time, and it never ends. That's what they should do with this one. Seems like a good model. <laughs> Still going on, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Leave them in the comments below, or shoot us an email at theplaythrough at ktdata.net, and that's T-H-R-U, like in drive through. Check out theplaythrough.net for our past episodes, places to subscribe, so you automatically get these episodes. Um, we have one more episode in 2018, um, and then 2019 starts, and we are going to start amping up um, our production where it's going to be weekly. We won't be featuring a game weekly, but we're going to be introducing some more segments and stuff. So if you have any suggestions on what you want us to talk about for some of those segments, shoot that in too. Um, and make sure you go watch this guy's beautiful face, teach you how to play forbidden skies, um, where he probably spent most of the time. Don't say forbidden stars. Don't say forbidden. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, also and check in with us on Fridays. We'll be, we, we sometimes are streaming our game plays. Yeah. What, games once we might be once the holidays about. settle down, it's yeah. a little 2019. Check us out on a Fridays. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be able to check that out. And if you guys are like me who like a little bit of the techie stuff too, make sure you pay attention to ktdata.net because one of the things I do at the beginning of every single year is to go to Las Vegas for a week for the consumer electronics show and to see all the good tech goodies that i won't be able to afford or see in a store for two years <laughs> so guys thank you so much and we will see all of you guys next time on the playthrough